Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. And we're here. Sure we are. Um, what's been going on with you? Nothing. Just It's been a ex- week since I've seen you. I've been existing. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I like existing. So yeah, that's a thing. I do sometimes. Exist? Uh, I think you exist all the time, but I mean, I could be wrong. I would go all hippie on you about how, like, I ascend to some, I don't know. I'm not in a mood for it. Yeah, that's a little much. That's how I live. Why are there still balloons? I don't know. I don't know. Are those from our sister's birthday that was in the end of August? Yeah. And we're still, well, like, halfway through September, so it wasn't that long ago. But it does feel like it. Um, in eight days, it'll be a month. Sure. So it's not like it just happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, what's been going on with you? Let's Nothing. talk about it. Nothing. How's work? It's work. A lot of work, a little bit of work? A fair amount. Okay. How are the new, new people in your on your team? Are they good? I've literally never talked to them. You may want to reach out to them and just say, hey, by the way, I just wanted to say hi. How are you doing? We work together. Yeah. They've literally been on the team for two months. I haven't said a word to them. You might want to do that on Monday. <laughs> I'm just saying. Because there's actually, that's one of the things that they talked about in one of my meetings where they're like, oh, people are talking about how um, they feel like they're too isolated. That's true. I mean, we're all all home. We're all working from home. But it's still, like, one of the things about our company that gets said a lot is that it's got a great environment, like a team environment. Mm -hmm. And you can can enjoy the people you work with. Mm -hmm. But since we're all working from home, it's harder to get that. So you got to put in a little bit more effort. I'm just saying. Sure. I haven't talked to too many people besides my manager and like one or two coworkers. It's never outside and of working me. hours. Yes. I mean, you know things. You're smart. <laughs> Not that my coworkers aren't smart, but I know that I can rely on you. Yes. I get along with my coworkers, and I just started in that department like two months ago. So. I mean, I got along with everyone when I started too. It's just you know. I don't really need anyone for help besides my manager or people who are a tier above me or whatever. As a senior member of the team now. Technically. Which is scary because I started in November of last year. Anyway, as a senior (laughs) member, as a more tenured member of the team now, Mm -hmm. you should put in an effort to to talk to people. Once they give me tier two in that raise, I will. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's because we're at the same level. I haven't gotten tier two yet. Well, they kind of can't give you the test while you're not there. Excuses. Whatever. Anywho. You know, nothing's really happening. Um, I've been investing in stuff. Not going to talk about that, but that's just my personal thing. Um, Yeah. In the course of literally five minutes, I made like $140. High five. So that's pretty cool. Um, It's not a good high five. It was. It's... Not something for everyone, but if you put in the time and the effort, then it works. Very true. Which is true for just about anything. You've been putting your time and effort into that. I've been putting my time and effort into me. 
seems to be working out well. Yeah. I had a good week with the food that we made. Me too. I've been either staying very low carb or staying within my calorie limit, like like maintenance calories. So th- there were days where there were there was potential loss and days where there wasn't loss. So you know what? That's okay. As long as it's a decision you've made as opposed to a craving you're trying to satisfy. Right. I've been really good and not been buying food out. I've only bought food out today mm-hmm. and on Thursday... Which I carried over into Friday morning for breakfast. Okay. So I basically cut what I usually have when I order out in half and Mm -hmm. had the other half for breakfast. That's good. I've been... Okay. I actually put this on my my weight loss journey Instagram because I'm not going to use my regular Instagram for that. And I don't think I have anybody on my regular Instagram on that one. Yeah. So, like, people are going to have to look for it. (coughs) Yeah. Um, but I, I, I put it on there that every day is a struggle of some sort. Nothing, it gets easier, obviously, with time. But for example, I like to order food. I like to order food because it's a convenience thing and because I really like Chinese food. I have my entire life. I really want to learn how to make Chinese food so we can do it ourselves because what I like is... Boneless spare ribs. Mm-hmm. I love them. I know for a lot of people it's an appetizer or whatever, but for me, eating boneless spare ribs and order french fries, I'm like set. I'm like over the moon about it. Mm-hmm. I have almost everything in the house to make it. I've just never put in the effort to really learn and like perfect it. Yeah. I tried once and I went overboard with Chinese five spice. Mm-hmm. I literally put in like three tablespoons as opposed to like one teaspoon. Oh. oh. And it was like having like cinnamon pork. Yeah, no, that's it was it, it was an adventure. So my thing is, I I know how to make a couple of the dishes I like, but I have limited time with all of the other things that I do. Because let's be real, I work full time. Um, I we do the podcast. I now have this this Instagram where I'm following my weight loss journey, and I'm actually actively trying to participate in my weight loss journey. Um, and I have a blog for it. So imagine a blog, the Instagram, all of our podcast stuff. Sorry, that was my my phone telling me that I need to drink more water. All the notifications are done. Okay. I I silenced my phone. I forgot. My bad. Lord Jesus. Anyway. So imagine I don't have much time for anything else. Yeah. So sometimes I just want to order something and every day i've been going onto doordash or postmates or whatever I, I did today, I and like, i mm. and i make a card of the things that i want like i put the order into it and i get to the part where it's like just press okay just press okay and we'll deliver it to to the restaurant and you'll be fine and i'm like no <sighs> i'll eat something at home you know what that happened to me last night I made like a really small cart for McDonald's specifically, and I put like a little thing of cookies and whatever. And I looked at mm-hmm. it and I was like, "I'll wait until breakfast." Mm-hmm. And I just slid it up and was done. Mm-hmm. But it was like fighting against that voice in the back of my head, and I was like, "No, I'm really not that hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm really not. So why am I going to put myself through that?" But anyway, anyway. Well, it happens. This is the last time I'll talk about it, and we'll go back to Harry Potter. Yes. 
So it happens pretty much whenever I'm hungry. And I just want something comforting. I just want, for me, comfort food, weird, is Chinese food. It is. So it's almost always that I want Chinese food. And it's always there every single day. If I were to go to, I'm going to show you right now. Mm -hmm. If I were to go to DoorDash right now, I probably have a cart full of things. And it's either Wendy's or Chinese food. New Great Wall. Hmm. Uh-huh. I don't know. I kind of swear by... Boneless spare ribs and fried chicken. I, I swear by uh, China Garden down that way. Uh, yeah, okay. But anyway. Anyway, but as you can tell, it's been there forever. I refuse to, to do anything about it because and at the end of the day, I'm like, nope, I can eat food at home. I can make food at home. And I thoroughly enjoy everything I make. I just need to keep doing it so that it's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know what else is a habit? Mm. What else I like doing? I like listening to our podcast. And people who like listening to our podcast should like, follow, subscribe. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You actually, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you go on with the whole thing. Do you like listening to our podcast? Every once in a while I'll listen to an episode. I Just hear my hear own it. voice and I screech like a but pterodactyl. But I hear it. I don't actually listen to it. On any of the podcasting, on any of the podcast sites, like I don't listen to it on iTunes or Spotify or or Honestly, Podbean. Honestly, people or... need to just hire you to do ads for them. Yeah. On like other people's channels. Why? Just have like a little a little segment where it's like, hey, I'm Jen, and you know what you should do? You should buy G Fuel because this and this and that. And you know what? The person you hired me to do this. Random YouTuber number two. <laughs> he also would really like you to do G Fuel, buy some G Fuel with code, and it pops up on the screen for that one. Because, like, I don't know. You segment into this, like, segue into them so perfectly. No, you, you know that video that Michael Reese I showed you? It was like, super chaotic. Mm-hmm. One of the, the things he said that sold the episode to me was when he, like, reenacted the laser baby scene, he was like, this is, uh, ha, you're dead, and this is the second best day of your life. What's the first? The first is September 4th when the premiere of season two of The Boys comes out on Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> and I was just like, why is he so genius? You are the second best advertisement person I've ever seen in my life. Thank you. Continue. Okay. So, yeah, I'll listen to it because I don't want to mess with our, our view counts. Yes. On, on Podby, where our podcast is hosted. Or Spotify. Or Spotify, where you can listen to us and yeah. enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also on I'm occasion... Are on iTunes? Yeah, we're totally on iTunes as well. We're on any site where you can listen to podcasts. I'm the third best. <laughs> yes, you are. And so, you know, I will listen to it every once in a while. Because I want to make sure that we're we're doing good. That's fair. And we are. Okay. You know, you know who else thinks we're doing good? Who? The boyfriend. And you know how he tells me? Because mm. he'll get a notification from fra- Facebook. Because mm. we're on Facebook and we also have a Facebook group that you should join. We have a fan page and a group? We do. Oh my goodness. And he tells me, he's like, oh hey, you guys are really great. And I'm like, you're just saying that because you love me. He's like, I do love you. However, you are good. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah. 
So like, follow, subscribe. Like, follow, subscribe. Like, follow, subscribe. You used to say it like four times, but no. Right. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to make it natural. Yeah, I feel it. Yes. So, don't laugh at me. Or laugh. Whatever. So, these next two episodes, by the way, are super long and complicated and stuff. So, like, get ready. Yeah, that's why we're just having fun with it right now. Because we're about to get into it. I took an hour and a half to write this freaking thing for the next one. Okay. So... But that's the kind of dedication we put into this podcast because we care about it. And we care about you. And you know what else we care about? We care about Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. You know what else I care about? What? If they like, follow, subscribe. Me too! There it is. There it is. Number three. <laughs> good job, good job. So speaking of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, yes. you we're going to discuss Chapter 8 today, the Quidditch World Cup, We've been waiting for this, and we know that you have too. Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait just a little bit longer because we're going to do a little recap of the last one. Of the last... I honestly have been so up in the the next chapter that I have no idea what happened in 7. So, So what happened in 7 was they traveled via port key. Huh? I wrote the one for 7 and it's gone. It's gone They traveled via port key... Mm-hmm. to where the Quidditch World Cup is being held. And they met, what was it, Mr. Roberts? Mr. Roberts was the, yeah. yeah. They met Mr. Roberts who was like, mm, you must be foreign because you don't know how to handle money. And there was a lot of wizards, not wizards, he didn't know. He Odd didn't know. people. Odd people who are dressed kind of insanely. I think they all know each other. Wha-bam! Memory charm. Yeah, they basically just get to the campsite outside of where the World Cup is going to be held. Uh, they meet a bunch of familiar faces and new faces, and Harry's uh, horizons are broadened by yes. all of the foreign wizards. There's the Salem Witches of America, Institute of America, the whatever. French ones. Uh, Baton, which are also mentioned in Chapter 9, by the way. Yes, and, and other schools that we also discussed. I mean, I don't think... They see any other. They see people who are their age who would be from other countries, but the only mm-hmm. school mentioned, I think, is I don't even think Bobaton is mentioned. No, uh, like name there, there's, there's people speaking French. There's um, there's what he calls, I think, African-looking wizards in interesting garb. Mm-hmm. So it's just he never realizes that there's other schools, and he's like, of course, there's other schools. There, Hogwarts there can't to be, be yeah. the only one. And that's when we went on our segment last episode about different schools yes and you know how they can get to that if they listen to our podcast oh uh, previous wow ones. oh my god we're gonna add the entire time <laughs> no it's fine it's no cool. no i'm done i'm done i'm done so now that we're all caught up let's go to our chapter for season four episode nine chapter eight the quidditch world cup yes so with bets made and the omnioculars, the programs, and, you know, all the other stuff. They have the rosette that screams their names and all of that. Um, everybody is ready for the match to begin. So uh, Mr. Weasley, Arthur, leads the way. They walk for 20 minutes through the woods and finally get to the largest stadium Harry has ever seen. It's, he says that it's got immense gold walls surrounding a field that's large enough to comfortably fit 10 cathedrals mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Um, Arthur, that should be Arthur, not 
author, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Arthur says it seats 100,000 witches and wizards and that the ministry had a task force of 500 working all year to get it ready. Um, and part of getting it ready, obviously, it looks like it was some expansion charms because, you know, that's that's a huge... Muggle repelling charms, expansions, yes. there's everything. So I like the muggle repelling charms where it's like if a muggle gets anywhere near it, they suddenly remember that they have an appointment they need to get to. Mm -hmm. And Arthur's like, gotta love those muggles. Mm -hmm. He's so cute. Um, So they make their way into the stadium and they're directed to basically the prime seating they have. That must have been a huge favor that Arthur did for Ludo's brother or cousin or whatever I I wonder... How messed up it was. Yes. And it had to have been super messed up. Because once they get there, they realize that they have box seats. In the box that's situated mid-stadium. The very top, but like the middle. So that equidistant to each end. Yes. Um, so you can clearly see the action. And there's only 20 seats. Mm-hmm. And what? Like 10 of them are taken up by the Weasleys and friends? Yeah. And there's 20. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. It's kind of insane. That must have been a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're there, and the only other being that's sitting in there is someone who Harry believes he recognizes right away. It's a house elf. And he's like, oh, that's Dobby, Dobby. And the house elf is like, no, did you say Dobby? Like, I know Dobby, but I'm not Dobby. Mm-hmm. Um, we meet another house elf. We meet a female house elf named Winky, who actually belongs to Percy's boss, mm-hmm. um, Barty Crouch Sr. We find out, uh, like I said, that she knows Dobby, and that Dobby is actually having trouble adjusting to his new life as a free elf. Mm-hmm. He can't find work. And well, she because actually apparently says, he has ideas above his station. Yes. And she explains that he wants to get paid for work, but that's not the house elf way. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, they're basically indentured servants. They're indoctrinated slaves. Um, I kind of liken it in my head to a really severe form of Stockholm Syndrome. Like they they were taken as magical creatures and treated as sub. But the the thing is, is that's the first. That's probably like the very first. Yes. But 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 when you're born into it, it's no longer Stockholm syndrome. It's just because what you're you not, know. It's just what you know. Yeah. You know that what makes you happy is serving other people. Yes. And it, it, th- that's like the original original households were definitely like Stockholm syndrome, yeah. magical creatures, Stockholm syndromed magical creatures. But now, it's just what they are. You know, yeah. they are beings that are meant born raised. To serve other people. Die serving one family. Yeah. Um, so she gives us this whole speech about how it's her duty to follow what her master wants. And she's like, look, my master, you know, Mr. Crouch, uh, he, he has me saving the sea for him. I'm terrified of heights, but I'm still doing it because it's this is duty. what he wants me to do. Yeah, and it's my duty. And it's my duty. Um, and Hermione is kind of a little horrified at that, but, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna go That is also mentioned in chapter nine. Yes. We're gonna gloss over that real quick. Mm 
Um, so back to the reason that everyone's there. Everything's about to start. So we hear an, an announcement from from the the stadium that the display of the team mascots will begin shortly. And that's when the rest of the box and the stadium fill up. And Harry's just like, wow, look at these 100,000 witches and wizards taking their place. This is incredible. Um, they're sitting there in the box, you know, Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic. Well, the the UK Minister of Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, he walks in. And Percy bows so low, his glasses slip off his face and break. Mm-hmm. And he has to use a spell to He repairs them. them and is so embarrassed he doesn't stand up for the yeah. rest of the greeting stuff. And then he looks like he's upset because Fudge greets Harry like they're old friends. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, Harry, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Fudge is an opportunist, I believe, and he's just happy to be in power. Mm-hmm. And if he can... If he has Harry's vote, then he stays. Exactly. And not just if he has Harry's vote, but look, look, I'm so important. I know the Harry Potter. And, and he, at this point, has to realize that Harry holds a special place with Dumbledore, and then that also works in his favor as well. Yes. It's basically like him being nice to Harry... It literally takes nothing for him, mm-hmm. and it gives him so much. Of course. So, of course he'd be buddy-buddy with Harry. What does being buddy-buddy with Percy get him? Not a darn thing. Exactly. So Nothing it, with Weatherby. True. <laughs> it's unfortunate, but that's just how it be. Yeah. Um, and then he tries to introduce the Bulgarian mm-hmm. Prime Minister to, or Minister of Magic, sorry, to right. Harry, which he gives up on because apparently the man doesn't speak English. Yes. And he gets so frustrated, it's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he tries to introduce him, he can't. But then the Bulgarian minister spots Harry's scar and starts talking to his companions. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Harry's sick of it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were Harry, I'd be figuring out how to put on some concealer to hide that scar. True. I'm just saying. Um... So everything's fine. And then right behind where everybody, where the Weasleys and Harry and Hermione are sitting, we see the Malfoys come in. Uh, Lucius Malfoy, his wife, Narcissa, and Draco, their son. And this is when Cornelius Fudge tries to do introductions that are kind of weird. And then the interaction between Lucius and Arthur is also really weird. Mm -hmm. Because remember, the last time we saw them interact with each other was in Flourish and Blots. Practically. Was it a fist fight? I think it was was a fist fist fight fight. that got broken up by... Hagrid. Because in the movie, there was was no hands thrown. Uh But in the book, they definitely fought. Uh Uh-huh. And then, so... He, we the what we hear is good lord arthur he said softly this is lucius uh what did you have to sell to get seats in the top box surely your house wouldn't have fetched this much fudge who wasn't listening said lucius has just given a very generous contribution to saint mungo's hospital for magical maladies and injuries arthur he's here as my guest how how nice said Mr. Weasley with a very strained smile, which is funny because the definition of nice used to be kind of dull and and Mm dim-witted. So if you called somebody nice, it was a terrible insult. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, 
Things change. Language evolves. Mm-hmm. Mr. Malfoy's eyes had returned to Hermione, who was slightly pink, but stared determinedly back at him. Harry knew exactly what was making Mr. Malfoy's lip curl like that. The Malfoys prided themselves on being purebloods. In other words, they considered anyone of muggle descent, like Hermione, second class. However, under the gaze of the Minister of Magic, Mr. Malfoy didn't dare say anything. He nodded sneeringly to Mr. Weasley and continued down the line to his seats. Draco shot Harry, Ron, and Hermione one contemptuous look, then settled himself between his mother and father. So, like, even in front of... They know better than to act up in front of other people. Mm-hmm. But even then, in this awesome place, they're going to be jerks. Really? It's just what Lucius does. It, it's so unnecessary. It's almost it's almost painfully unnecessary. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. True. I think it could, it takes more effort to be a jerk than it does to be nice. Yeah, it's that's a fact. Yes. So this is when we. Well, everyone is seated. Yes. With everyone seated, mm-hmm. Ludo Bagman that we met in the last chapter magically magnifies his voice to announce the happenings. He uses a spell that, what is it, sonaris? Yeah. Which makes sense because in Spanish, sonar means to sound. Yep. Um, The Bulgarian team mascots come out and we get introduced to new creatures. Velas. They they look like the most beautiful women that Harry has ever seen. Um, They start dancing and it's sort of like they cast a spell on the entire stadium. It looks like it's only on the men, though. And and some women, maybe. And some women. <laughs> Let, let's be real. Let's put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Harry finds himself out of nowhere wanting to show them just how brave and impressive he is. So he thinks to himself that the way to do that is to jump from the box of the stadium mm-hmm. down. Yep. Um... Luckily, the music stops just in time before Harry's about to jump out of the box in the stadium mm-hmm. and Ron's about to dive out of the box. Well, if I recall, Ron, I don't think, I think He's Ron was just... to dive. It says it. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. And I'm like, what? Oh, when they dance again later is when he's tearing the... Oh, uh, well, no. The uh, once, once his father laughs and he's like, hey, relax, Ireland's about to come out. You haven't seen anything yet. Like, chill. And he's mindlessly tearing up his rosette that he bought. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't and he's like, you're going to want that later. True. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So apparently, Arthur knew what was up before mm-hmm. they did. Which makes sense because he's probably seen or heard of Vila's before. Well, the thing that I think of Arthur is that he... Um, Loves his wife just so, so much that even though the spell did captivate him because it's magic, you can't really sort of stop that. Mm-hmm. He wasn't totally out of his mind like Harry and Ron. Yeah. So, honestly, he's a ride or die. Right? Right? Dude, hats off. Go, Arthur. So then they go to their corners. And the Ireland team mascots come out. And this is when you see a rainbow, and then the rainbow glitters, and it turns into the shimmering shamrock. And then gold is rained down on the crowd. From where? By leprechauns. leprechauns. Yep. It's awesome. 
So everyone's trying to grab this gold, and you hear, There you go, Ron yelled happily, stuffing a fistful of gold coins into Harry's hand. For the omni-oculars, now you've got to buy me a Christmas present. Ha! Mm -hmm. And it's like, really? You see gold raining down on you, and your idea is that you need to give it to your friend and say, Now you have to give me a present! Ha 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 ha! I mean... That that has probably been weighing on Ron since you got the omnioculars. For real. How to pay Harry back. I don't think it's really just because of the Christmas. I don't think it gives a damn about the Christmas present, realistically. Yeah. It's just it's just her Christmas present. But it, he doesn't want to feel in debt. Like, indebted to Harry. Which is... Which, to me, is always... We've, we've discussed this. I think we discussed mm. it in the last one, actually. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, both of them grew up poor. Yeah. And I think Harry, Ron forgets that, though. Ron forgets that because his first impression of Harry is buying, taking out a fistful of galleons and stuff like, to buy. buy everything. Yeah, so he, he, even though Harry has impressed upon him the fact that, it's okay, uh, someone's closing a window in the other room so you might hear random noises, don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, even though Harry is probably impressed upon the fact that he has never really had anything as a kid and he just stumbled upon, like... An inheritance from his parents. And he's willing to share it with yeah. all of it with his friends. Yeah. That, like, he knows how it is. So Ron doesn't have to be upset. It's not like he's lording it over Ron or anything like that. He well, has Ron been, just feels bad about it. Yeah. He has been willing to share it. But the thing is, is that people who... It's not necessarily a pride thing. It... It kind of is, but not in a way that makes you superior to someone else. It's a way that makes you equal to everyone else. He doesn't want to feel like he owes anyone anything because it's part of that pride of equality. Right. <clears throat> and so that's why he wants to pay Harry back. Chris's presents are moot. It doesn't really matter. If he wants Chris's presents, well, oh, well, he's going to get a bunch of, what is it, fudge and meat pies from his mom, a sweater. Like, those are things that really matter, not buying things you know right so i think it's more of just being able to pay harry back and being on even terms again with him yeah but inherently as a as a friendship Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be this you owe me this you owe me that it's just friends give and take yeah hello hello little baby the dog decided to walk over yes hello yes um so the shamrock ends up... Let's go back to what's happening. Yes. The shamrock ends up dissolving, and the leprechauns go to their end of the field, opposite the velas. And the teens come out. So Bulgaria comes out first, and we hear all their names. Dimitrov, Zograv, Levski, Volchanov. Volkanov. Volkanov. Or, well, well, it says Volchanov. Well, Jim Dale says Volkanov, but I uh, think... We'll go with Volkanov. Volkov and... Crumb. Remember? And, and Crumb. Yes. I was like, oh, dude, come on. You yes. can't have these really long names and then Crumb. Right? But Crumb is the 18-year-old phenom that everybody's mm-hmm. impressed with. So they want to make him. And he's the seeker. So the seekers tend to get all of the attention because they're the ones who can the most of the time make or break something. They're the stars. They're the stars. Mm-hmm. They're like... The, the 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 LeBron James. Yep. 
Let's keep going. There's a description of Victor Crumb, but I don't think it's super duper necessary. Well, I think it is. Just so that we know what he looks like. Again, he's just this thin, dark, and sallow-skinned kid with a large curved nose and thick black eyebrows. And Harry says, to Harry, he looks like an overgrown bird of prey. He's 18 years old. Like, he's Mm -hmm. awkward. Which is weird, because back in the 90s... 18, 19 year olds were awkward looking. Mm-hmm. Now, 13 year olds look like models. I don't know what's happening. Dude, there's something, there's some kind of hormone in the there's food. something in the water. There's, so, there's something, there's something wrong. Yeah. Because I was awkward looking. Well, no, I was actually a decent looking teenager, but I was a little awkward. I had facial hair, so I looked like I was 40 when I was 18, so. Yeah. I had boobs. Thanks. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. And then we get... So, they go to their side. They're <laughs> flying on their brooms. Are, do all of them have... have? Then we get the Irish National team. Okay. And that's when Harry realizes... You'll see. Okay. So, Irish National Quidditch team. Connolly, Ryan, Troy, Mullet, Moran, Quigley. Yes. And Lynch. Again, why uh, is the... Lynch. Why it wasn't that the, long. Right? Anyway. Why is the one... The Seeker, also the one with, like, the shortest name. I don't know. Well, there's Troy, but... Yeah, but he's just whatever. He's not the Seeker. (laughs) Okay, and that's when Harry realizes that they're all on Firebolts. Which I mentioned in the car earlier. Yes, you did. It's probably super amazing for him. Because imagine you have, like, your... A 14-year-old watching NASCAR, and somehow you've been gifted, like, a race car. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Right? Like He can be like, the people I'm looking up to right now have the same broom I have. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. And he, you know, he can aspire to something. And someone can say, oh, but a race car is more expensive than, like, a normal car. Vastly more expensive, but... How about a Nimbus 2000 versus a Firebolt? Apparently, Firebolts are so expensive, you have to ask for their price when you go to a broom store. Whereas the, the Nimbus 2000s and the Nimbus 2001s had a price tag on them in the store. I think the Nimbus 2000, when when it was first revealed in the first book, it did say... No, I'm not sure if it's no. required upon... I don't know. Either way, either way, it was something that's No, it was the firebolt because that was the one he was looking at in the window Mm. in the third year when he was just chilling before he went back to school. But the thing is... And he's like, I have a broom. My broom is fine. Why do I need a new broom? But this is the thing is that you can sort of figure that the Nimbus 2000 and Nimbus 2001, which is what Malfoy has... I'm pretty sure that's not a spoiler. I think that's from book, what, two? No, that was from book two. Yeah. When he got on the team, he his got father the entire, bought, yeah, yeah, he got the entire team Nimbus 2001s. But does Malfoy ever upgrade to a firebolt? No. Not that we know of. No, he doesn't. So mm-hmm. that has to go to show how expensive it is. The Malfoys can buy three tickets to see the World Cup, but they can't They can't justify spending the money on a firebolt for their kid who was a decent Quidditch player. Yeah. That's how expensive it is. Yes. So back to our our Quidditch World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, we also find meet the the referee for the match. He's all the way from Egypt. He's the chair wizard of the International Association of Quidditch, Hassan Mustafa. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this because this actually came up as a question in a trivia night that I had. <laughs> 
about a year ago. And I knew this. Nice. <laughs> and I was one of the only people who knew this. I just think, throwing it I out think there. if there was multiple choice, I'd be able to get it. No, there was no. It was just oh, who was the referee of the 1994 World Quidditch match between Ireland and Bulgaria. Yep. And I was like, Egyptian guy named Hassan Mustafa. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually wrote it out. Yep. Then the match begins. The match begins, and Harry can't believe his eyes. Um, He's he's played Quidditch before. He knows what it looks like. He thinks he knows what Quidditch is supposed to look like because he's played in many matches. Yes, but this is like nothing he's ever seen before. It is so fast that he has to slow down the omnioculars. Like, Mm -hmm. he has to put it in slow motion so that he can see what's happening. Yep. Um, and he's slowed it down so much that he actually misses the first score of the game that happened with well, via Ireland. An interesting thing about the omnioculars is that it shows you the actual, it, it tells you the names of the moves that the yes. teams are using. One of them was In what the, the Hawkhead formation, I think, yes. when it was a three seekers are in a V formation, sort of uh, having each other's backs and playing with you. Like, right. Passing the quaffle and stuff. And later on, we find out another move that he sees. Mm-hmm. But he actually mentions in the chapter, mm-hmm. like, Oliver Wood tried to tell them all of this. And he drew stuff and he made things move on the board and everything. But it never quite showed it the that's way that he's seeing nine, it now. That's my chapter. No, it's happening here. It happens at the end of this chapter. It happens in chapter nine. No, it happens at the end of this chapter. Want me to show it to you? When he's talking about the thing that comes up in a little bit. It's You'll weird that he mentions it back to back. It's odd then. Hmm. He, he does mention it back to back. Hmm. So. I'm watching you. Are you checking? I am. Because okay. now I'm mad. So, like Jen said, he misses the first um, goal of the match. And so... Um, Everyone's cheering. He's confused. Hermione tells him to stop slowing down time or else he's going to miss the game as it is. So he sets it back to um, full speed. And um, he notices right away that the Irish chasers are incredible. That they work as a coordinated unit. And it seems like they can read each other's minds. Passes and feints and, and everything. Yes. Within 10 minutes, Ireland had scored three times. Uh, a few including later, that first one. Including that first one. Yes. And a few minutes later, the Bulgarian team scores its first goal, and the Vilas go crazy. Um, thankfully, they know, everyone in the box knows that what the Vilas can do is they plug up their ears to avoid the uh, being enchanted again. Yes. And then Harry sees a move he ha- um, he didn't quite understand before now, the Ronsky defensive feint. A dangerous seeker diversion where a seeker pulls up just in time when the other seeker isn't able to, all in pursuit of the snitch or pretending. Pretending, yes. It's in pursuit of the snitch. Yes. Um, Crumb actually uses it against Lynch, and that's where the 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 game starts going from just incredible to incredible and dirty. Yes. So after fifteen more minutes, Ireland pulls ahead ten more goals. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And he and it's like the the Bulgarian team starts being really terrible to the Irish team. Like the the to beaters the are, the, are just swinging to the point that Ireland actually gets a penalty shot, which yes. 
which angers the Vilas, the mm-hmm. mascots, and they start dancing. It says Dane. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Wildly at the referee. Uh, Hassan the boy. At Hassan Mustafa. <laughs> and he starts like flaring his chest and, and making muscles with his arms. And Arthur's like, somebody send somebody out there to stop him. Mm-hmm. And a medic goes out there and kicks him really hard on the shin. Mm-hmm. And he's embarrassed by what just happened. And they can't do that. They're actually trying to influence somebody mm-hmm. um, in, in this world Quidditch Cup. So doesn't he he try to send them off and yes, also gives Ireland another penalty shot? Well, he tries to send them off, and then two Bulgarian players come up to him to basically argue with him about it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "You know what? You want to argue with me? Cool, another penalty." Ooh. Yeah. So they actually make it. At this point, it's like it's it's bad, and the Vilas are now livid and they these gorgeous women contort themselves in such a way that now they look like these weird creatures with sharp cruel beaked bird heads and long scaly wings bursting from their shoulders and they're hurling fireballs at the leprechauns Mm -hmm. and the leprechauns aren't much better because they've formed themselves into a hand with a very well-known vulgar gesture (laughs) <laughs> so they're they're kind of all going at it mm-hmm. but anyway ireland at this point is up by 160 points bulgaria has only made the one mm-hmm. um so obviously this means that ireland is at 170 and the the what's his name lynch lynch sees the snitch Lynch goes going for it. Crumb sees him going for it. It's Lynch and Crumb. Lynch and Crumb. Crumb gets it. And the game is over. And everybody's going crazy because usually when a seeker catches... Yeah, it's... It's... It clinches the deal. It's 150 points. Right. But remember what I said? Ireland was up by 160 points. So the match ends with Ireland at um, 170. 170 and Bulgaria at 160. So even though Bulgaria got the snitch, they lost. Yes. And Which that and it right? starts to. The twins! Anyway. Woo-hoo! <laughs> but no, like, Bulgaria's super happy because they caught the snitch. But also. And then they cause... realize that, man, mm-hmm. this really sucks because even though we caught the snitch, we still lost. But the thing is, is. Harry actually mentions it. The thing is, it's better to end the game on your terms. You're not going to catch up. The Irish chasers are incredible. End it on your terms. Get the snitch. Even if you lost the World Cup, you can go, I was a deciding factor. You know, I yeah. did it. I did it. I won with I my, I, I lost, my way. I lost the best way possible. Yeah. That's kind of where well, how we didn't down. let it go on forever. Mm-hmm. We didn't get annihilated. It was close. So we can still save face, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get the Bulgarian minister who finally speaks up. I got, I got this. Yes. <clears throat> well, they fought bravely, said a gloomy voice behind Harry. He looked around. It was the Bulgarian minister of magic. You can speak English, said Fudge, sounding outraged. And you've been letting me mime everything all day. 
Well, it was very funny, said the Bulgarian minister, shrugging. <laughs> I love him. Do you like the voice? Yes, good voice, good voice. I mean, I'm no Jim Dale, but I try. You try. Um, so then this is when the box lights up, and because the, the match is over, so the Quidditch World Cup is carried in by two guys and handed to a disgruntled-looking fudge. Because he's still mad at the Bulgarian <laughs> That's minister. so funny. You can't even be mad. Come on. That's hilarious. Well, because it didn't happen to you. True. <laughs> if it had happened to you, you would be grumbling. I, I, oh. You would be livid. There would be words. So, um, this is when the Bulgarian team comes into the box first to graciously accept their defeat. And they're greeted by Fudge. Harry notices how unimpressive Crumb looks up front while he's not, like, up close. While he's not flying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he mentions that he looks like he's not as graceful as he is when he's on a broom. Like his shoulders are rounded and like he just, he's, at this point he's also sporting two black eyes because he got injured and his nose was bleeding mm-hmm. profusely during the match. Um, it, it was just, he, he kind of was like, womp womp. Which is why they always tell you to never meet your idols. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then we get the Ireland team. I was right, comes by the in. way. Huh? About the Ronsky faint being in the next chapter. You were. I know I was right. But I, I read, read it. I read both of them. So it, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. kind of just, they bleed into each other for me. They do. They do. Okay. So um, the Ireland team comes in and they're handed the cup and congratulated by everyone. Mm-hmm. And poor Lynch, like, he grabs it. But he's <laughs> like... He's out of it. Well, it's because the Ronsky Fane has worked on him twice, I think, in yes. the match. Well, the Ronsky Fane didn't happen the second time. It was the first one. The second one, it wasn't that. They were actually both going for it. Okay, okay. Yeah. But that, that first one took so much out of him. And then the second time, where he almost got the, it, they didn't. had to magically revive him. Yes. Not because he was dead, but he was just, like, knocked he out. He was knocked out. Yeah. Um. So he's still out of it. I'm surprised but he could still get fly. That, to be honest. Right. But they get the the they get the cup and everybody is super happy. Mm-hmm. Besides so, a certain someone. Besides besides certain people. Um. And this is where we get the last little bit of the chapter. I always like reading the last little bit of the chapter. It's fair. Yes. Um, at last, when the Irish team had left the box to perform another lap of honor on their brooms, Aidan Lynch on the back of Connolly's, clutching hard around his waist and still grinning in a bemused sort of way, uh, Bagman pointed his wand at his throat and muttered, Quietus. Quietus. Yes. Uh, they'll be talking about this one for years, he said hoarsely. A really unexpected twist that... Shame it couldn't have lasted longer. Ah, yes. Yes, I owe you. How much? For Fred and George had just scrambled over the backs of their seats and were standing in front of Ludo Bagman with broad grins on their faces, their hands outstretched. Mm -hmm. Because, again, remember, they were the only ones who specifically said, Ireland is going to win. However, Crumb is going to get the snitch. And because they said that, Ludo Bagman gave them terrific odds on that. Yep. So they won. Like, awesomely. And it wasn't a little bit that they bet. They bet everything they had. And it was quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. That's what we got. That yep. was the World Cup. 
The World Cup. Sorry, I need to drink some water. And what really bothers me is that we don't get any of this in the movie. We literally get the World Cup is going to begin. And then we get the beginning of the next chapter. <clears throat> we will have words on the comparison. Yes. But that, that I just wanted to point that out. Really, really, really bothers it's me. it's actually a disaster. For real, for real. Um, and, and, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's it. It um, was we a got great an exciting chapter. It, it was. It, it, I don't know, it, it, this entire book actually makes the world so much bigger. Yes. We're introduced to the world in one. We're introduced to mysteries in two. We're introduced part of like the the magical what penal happened? system yes. and like more of Harry's backstory in terms of like what, how his parents were murdered and his uh, his godfather and, and technically his, his extended family ish yeah. yeah. This one makes the world literally like like in, wait, there's other ministers bigger. of magic. Wait, there's other schools of magic. Wait, there's a whole bunch of people that are enjoying this sport together that have paid who knows there's how another much level money to, to the sport that I've been playing for years and I think is the best thing in the world. Yes. Like it it makes the magical world in Harry Potter like a million times bigger. Yes. It's crazy and it's amazing. It's wonderful. We love it. So that's what this book does, which I really appreciate. Yes. Still not my favorite though. It's not my favorite either. It's However, cold. I love it. Yeah, yeah. But again, we love Harry Potter. Yep. As do you if you're listening. And we love you for listening. That's all I got. True. All right, everybody. We're done. We're going to... It's going to seem like a few days for you. It's going to be a couple of minutes for us. Because we're going to record the next one. Yay! True. All right, bye. Bye. I'm tired. Same.